Support for Oyster World Radio comes from you, our listeners. If you would like to support the show, visit the link in the show description or visit patreon.com slash oysterworldradio. For only $5 a month, you get all of the behind-the-scenes coverage of how these random interviews materialize, plus some unique travel tips. So don't miss out and support the show today. More support means meeting more people that you would normally never meet, less travel headaches while on the road, and you get to learn the ins and outs of everywhere I go. Become a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash oysterworldradio. All the links are in the show description, and support the show today. Welcome to Oyster World. Radio. Hello, Oysters, and welcome to another episode of Oyster World Radio, the podcast where we broaden our perspectives by listening to the stories of people from all over the globe. I'm Nathan Lieberman, and in this episode, we put a cap on a journey that changed my life forever. Jackie and I are finally back home. And as the dust settles, it's fun, but also really strange to reminisce about this crazy adventure that we were in the midst of not too long ago. This podcast has been an incredible journey for me. And for the final episode of these two years abroad, Jackie and I ask each other questions that we might not have had a chance to before. A fitting end to one hell of a two years. Coming from Columbus, Ohio, I hope you enjoy my conversation with the Jackie Gishbacher. Because, Jackie, welcome to Oyster World Radio, the final episode, or at least of this chapter. We are finally back from our two years around the world. Unglaublich is right, because we were three years, three, not three years, three months back, and it feels like three years. We've been back for a long time. It was pretty amazing what we were able to do. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Just, you know, 44 countries, 24 months for me, 33 countries, and 18 months for you, over 150 cities, lots of different currencies, lots of different languages, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So today, for all you <laughs> listeners out there, we are excited to do a back and forth ping pong style questions that I have burning questions to ask you about your trip. I don't know about you asking burning questions about me. I'm excited to ask you lots of things. See how it goes. <laughs> You're so <laughs> nervous. It makes me smile. <laughs> I've watched so many of these. I don't want to be on this end of the microphone. Yeah. Uh, what? I'm usually far away from the microphone. Just watching. Yeah, but not anymore. <laughs> this is the perfect ending, so you can get away from it. Fine. I apologize, listeners. <laughs> She's too modest. Okay, so I think I would want to start off with this question for you. It's really about coming back, because coming back was a little bit hard for me. Mm-hmm. I struggled a little bit. And I don't know exactly what you went through, because I wasn't here mm-hmm. at the time. But what are two things that you absolutely love now that you're back? And then what are two things that you really miss about being abroad? Mm, good question. Um, I think re-entry was a little bit easier for me, maybe because I knew what to expect, but mostly because I was so driven um, to get an apartment and put it together, <laughs> and that was really exciting. I was nesting, as you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so Jackie called nesting, like coming home and, well, building the nest, <laughs> gathering all the materials and yeah. staying in one place forever. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I was really, really happy about having one space that was something that we could call our own. And we had a washing machine and a bed and a shower that we could access at any time. <laughs> and we didn't have to worry about all of the little logistics that go into figuring out those spaces while you're traveling. Um, yeah, for sure. So that was really exciting about coming back. And then, of course, being back with all of our friends and our community here in Columbus and our family and the surrounding areas was so nice. I think that probably had a lot to do with why it was so easy to transition back to because it was just like slipping back into our old relationships and our old ways. Yeah, was there anything different about the relationship? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think... I, at least I didn't notice anything. Maybe other people know something different about me. But <laughs> no, I, I felt really seamless to me. I didn't have any difficulties. What about you? Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I think that was something we really were worried about when we left, is that relationships would move on, friends would move on, and they would experience all these things without us and maybe grow stronger with each other and we wouldn't be there. But that just didn't happen. It's <laughs> I hate to say it, but a lot of things didn't change. I almost came back and it was exactly as I left it. For the best. <laughs> <laughs> For the best, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, um, yeah, it would, shouldn't have been worried about it nearly as much. So you got friends and the space. Completely agree. Love those things about being back. Mm-hmm. What about being abroad? What do you miss the most? Oh, gosh. Um... Um, the food. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely miss the food. <laughs> oh, it was just so unique every day, different experiences, um, and just the adventures. Not every day because that was exhausting, but, but <laughs> a lot of time was spent just randomly going out to see what we could find and what we could get up to, and and it was very free and flexible and and now we're sort of back into our lock and step lives which is fun too but it was a different lifestyle that i wouldn't have experienced otherwise yeah it was it's nice to have the flow of a routine but i'm so glad that we didn't for a while i don't know i don't know how else to explain it yeah it was just so random all the time Mm-hmm. And there was something really beautiful about that. Yeah. And also something like super aggravating about it at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very true. <laughs> just really wanted a routine and normalcy. But yeah, like, found not balance. being able to go to the post office because they speak German and only German. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, there's some problem. Or even just like knowing where you're going to sleep every night and, you know, having a, a kitchen where you know everything's going to be. And, Things like that. Yeah, yeah, very, very true. You're a little more dependent when you're on the road on help from others just to do daily living tasks. That's hard. Yeah, especially for a long time. If it was a short time, okay. Mm -hmm. But we were there for a long time and we depended on a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Which is cool because it really restored my faith in humanity a lot. Just all of the guardian angels... From couch surfing to random people on the street. Mm-hmm. But it is nice to be in control again. Mm-hmm. For sure. So what do you miss? What do I miss? Uh, definitely that just 
lifestyle of inputs and randomness, it was so freeing. Mm -hmm. There, there was no bills. There's no work commitments. There's none of that. It's just purely working on yourself and exactly what you want to work on. And that's it. There's literally nothing else that you have to worry about. I, or I'm, I guess for me, the travel part was working on myself. So looking for housing, looking for food, all of that was included in stuff that I wanted to do. But it was it, everything else just melted away. All these obligations that we normally have. I really miss that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a hard adjustment for me at first because I identified with a lot of responsibilities and duties and those are things that I enjoyed so once none of those existed anymore I didn't know what to do with myself that's true you really struggled the first couple months in Germany yeah I didn't identify as a traveler quote-unquote traveler (laughs) (laughs) and of course the travel what was your identity or the what you thought a traveler was when you first left I don't know I, I guess I had this like stereotypical image of you know somebody taking a gap year right out of high school and just going out and doing stupid things (laughs) 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 and having fun along the way. I was like, I don't do stupid things. I'm a responsible adult. (laughs) 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 Not to say we did stupid things. (laughs) We we did a couple stupid things. things. But I know what you mean. What about now? What What do you think one is now? I I think that was one of the lessons I learned along the way is that there is no one way to be a traveler and we met so many different people to confirm that fact that we're at all different points in their life at all different ages and career spots and yeah there was just no there was a little judgment <laughs> chance <laughs> just chance oh man that one guy so annoying. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but really, by and large, most people were just happy to be doing what they were doing and learning about why other people were doing what they were doing. Yeah, it was a really, it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird community because you have, you were from every single walk of life, like you were saying, every different age, but you were so tied by this one thing that you're doing that most of the world just doesn't understand that it does. It's, it's just like a small little family. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool. That's another thing I miss. I miss about I miss the people. Yeah. I put a big heart next to relationships because those, <laughs> <laughs> those were, looking back, those were some of my favorite parts were meeting random people, even though that gave me a lot of anxiety at first. That turned out to be one of the favorite parts of the trip. So who... Or what really comes to your mind as a relationship that really impacted you? Oh, there were so many. Um, you can just rattle them off. I know. Well. I, was, I felt connected with so many different people unexpectedly. Um, one was in Ireland with a girlfriend of one of our couch surfing hosts, Darren's girlfriend. Yeah. I ended up just like having an intimate conversation with her that was so unexpected and lovely. Um, and short-lived, but still very meaningful. With Kelly in Malaysia, he was just so open about his life and how he was trying to improve and get through life. And that was wonderful. Our 
friends in Pilsen and Anna and Matei. Matei, yeah. They were, you know, younger than us and still trying to figure out, like, in that stage where we're supposed to know what we're doing for the rest of our lives and trying to navigate that. And that, that made for really fun conversations with them. I don't know. What about you? Oh, man. Yeah. All of the above. All of them. So great. And we had a lot of them on the podcast, which was great. Right. Anna, Mate, yeah. Kelly. I think also some of the the people that really went through something hard, mm-hmm. like the family we met in South Africa that had was born during, the father was born during apartheid. Apartheid ended and it was his first family vacation mm-hmm. in the post-apartheid era that I'll remember that forever, that New Year's spending with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, also Ranjit, the, who was on the podcast as well, yeah. who survived the tsunami in 2004, December tsunami, by climbing a palm tree. Right. I mean, it's unbelievable what random people you meet on the street go through and still continue to like, survive and not completely cave. If my house, my beach home was destroyed by a tsunami, I don't know how I would recover from that. But he did. Yeah. It's it's really interesting to see how I had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people and see the strengths that we have as people. Right. Yeah. And it was really impactful. And also just the connections you wouldn't expect to find with people that are, you don't classify as like, a similar type of person as you like somebody from a different country or from a different religion or you know you meet people and as soon as you start talking to them you realize that there those connections exist and oh my goodness yeah yeah you're absolutely right it's just uh, even you know walking down the street like a food vendor Mm -hmm. we both have degrees in america and normally i don't know in my old self maybe i would have even judge someone that was working at a food cart you or snub. yeah exactly right <laughs> terrible person that i am <laughs> i'm only human okay but then you but, saw their wicked banana cutting skills oh and that was just precision <laughs> i don't know how the people the women of thailand cut those bananas so fast it's unreal but it's yeah it's just hearing their stories and seeing you know we might have similar interests that person might be a muay thai fighter Mm-hmm. Uh, same as the same as us we're practitioners maybe not fighters but practitioners yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's it's so cool that we're connected in so many different ways unexpected ways mm-hmm. yeah that was fun came like a treasure hunt yeah without any map or anything right it's just wandering <laughs> right yeah. that's fun all right what do you got Next question. So many questions. Um, so many questions. <laughs> um. Oh gosh, should I go deep or fun? That is up to you. <laughs> okay. What do you feel in this conversation? All right. Well, there were so many times on the trip where we met people along the way who, once they realized that we were traveling as a couple, like gave us this look and this like super stoic warning about how we'll probably break up because we're traveling together um did you ever (laughs) any point worry about our relationship as we were traveling um or sort of what were some testing moments because i can think of one (laughs) oh maybe we're thinking of the same one i don't know no absolutely not i always sort of laughed 
at, at that question because I know I got super lucky with you. And well, we it, as soon as as soon as we left, even before we left, we seemed we were on the same page. Yeah. About a lot of things, and it well, it's it's I love your description of stoic warning because that's exactly what that is—just straight faced, dead in the eyes, uh, just a legitimate warning to both of us that we're yeah. probably not gonna last. Yeah. Like, oh, you're traveling together. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we got that so many times, so many times. Yeah. Uh, I think one the first the, the first of many major tests, and I don't even remember calling tests of our relationship, more of just tests of like our ability to work through things and get mm-hmm. better, was Malaysia. No, I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just because. Okay, so we roll up in Malaysia. It's our first time in Malaysia coming from Singapore yeah first country crossing first country crossing yeah and I I got a hold of a bad address or there was two addresses or something yeah so phantom building phantom building so we went all the way downtown looking for what was supposed to be we were treating ourselves to a rooftop Airbnb or yeah Airbnb with a rooftop pool overlooking the city it was gonna be fantastic and it wasn't there like what the hell what are you gonna do? It's gonna get dark. We're in a new city that we don't know. It's hot. It's hot as we hell. We had all of our things. <laughs> we had all of our things with us. It was really our first time doing that too. Mm-hmm. It was our fourth country, right? Oh yeah, because we had done some years together. But it was first Southeast Asian country for sure. Yeah, definitely. If you don't count Singapore. Yeah. And so we had to like walk in the dark. Of yeah. this new city, new country, yeah. how to sell all of our stuff. Like raging lanes of traffic. <laughs> raging raging lanes of traffic is an understatement. <laughs> and we just couldn't find this place. Every avenue we tried, it led to a dead end. Or a pantsless man. <laughs> or a pantsless man. Okay. So, <laughs> so we're walking and we were starting to get, we never, we, we, were, we were starting to get testy. And I think we both oh, knew that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but we both knew that. So we like didn't provoke each other. Yeah. We were just set on a mission of finding this place. And we turned down that highway mm-hmm. that was supposed to go. And it le- <laughs> it led to a dead end, of course. We couldn't get through. And we <laughs> turned around. And I forget exactly what you said, but more of the lines of like, oh, my God, assless man. Or like, <laughs> like pantsless, or pantsless man. man. For sure, yeah, ass. Oh, my God, closely. pantsless man. <laughs> a whole lot of ass. <laughs> there, was, there was no... Uh, no less than ass, because <laughs> he had dropped full trowel to take a pee in the woods, and he seemed so surprised that we were there, yeah. even though he was by a very busy road. <laughs> yeah, it was by like a Seven Eleven or something, but yeah, yeah. At that point, I was totally ready for a taxi, and you were not. <laughs> That's probably where I got really cranky. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't seem that cranky. <laughs> I just remember you going, "Do you trust me?" And I was thinking, why should I trust you? You're not from here. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you worked it out. You got us to where we were supposed to go. Oh, man. I do remember saying that to you. You didn't say that back to me. No, no. I didn't. <laughs> I felt like you trapped me, though. I was like, I can't say I don't trust you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> it all worked out, and we were swimming in our yeah. rooftop. Yeah, that was wonderful. Before before the night was out. And we're still here, so we made it. Spoiler alert. 
Yeah, it was all the sweeter for that. <laughs> what about you? Any moments of mm. tension? No, that was the only one that really comes to mind. I think, like, remarkably, when one of us was stressed out, the other one stepped up. And that happened over and over and over again the whole trip. We definitely had some times where we were both drained or, like, really, like, things hadn't gone well for us that day. And then we knew, like, if if one of us couldn't pick us both up, that we both needed just to go hide in our hostel for a while <laughs> mm-hmm. and not push the envelope and just sort of recover and maybe go get some ice cream or yes. <laughs> something. The donuts, oh, the Vietnam donuts. Oh, and my then, goodness, the best tasting donut. I don't even know what they really taste like, but at that moment. <laughs> yeah, it tasted amazing. Oh, man. Yeah, so for everyone listening out there, we, we were on a Laos bus for 24 hours, and it was um, not the most hospitable bus mm-hmm. for 24 straight hours. So we got off in Hanoi and had the best tasting donuts on yeah. the planet. And maybe they're not the best tasting donuts on the planet, but at that yeah. moment, they <laughs> were fact, the best. We went back to Hanoi later when I worked there, and we got the same donuts, and they did not taste nearly as good. <laughs> I don't know why we did that. We should just let the legend live on. Yeah. But oh yeah, that that was that was tough. But you're you're right. It was it was interesting to go in the flow of that, and I think we both got really good at sensing each other's state. If one was falling, if the other one needed to step up, if we were both yeah. falling, okay, let's get through this and take the day, or treat ourselves, yeah. or. I think we got really in tune not only with ourselves but with each other. Yeah. Which was really fun. Yeah, it was a really nice um, byproduct of the trip, I guess. I don't think I expected that going in. No. And it's uh, still going. Yeah. Happily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only in a much smaller radius. A <laughs> <have> walking radius. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely not a worldwide radius, which is all good for now. All good for now. Yeah. Okay, so I got another question for you. What is the biggest difference you noticed in yourself from beginning Mm. to end? Yeah, I keep coming back to this idea of being a little less um, fearful in general. (laughs) But I feel like before I went, I struggled with a little bit of self-confidence about doing even just really simple things. Like um, if I hadn't done it before, I had this fear of failing at it. So I just would avoid doing it. I just keep coming back to the example of jobs. Like I would never consider getting a job in food service because I'd never done it before. And I was sure that that could only end in disaster. But there's something about traveling and I think constantly having to put yourself into new situations and either failing or succeeding at them and then realizing that if you did fail at them that there was always a way out of it and there was always a way to fix it that sort of flipped that switch for me and then when I got home and suddenly needed to replenish my bank account and (laughs) (laughs) and find ways to sort of hustle to make that happen 
I was much more open to just trying whatever came my way. Like, you need a cat sitter? Sure, I could be a cat sitter. Which, like, is the weirdest <laughs> example. I know why should I be scared about being a cat sitter, but for real, I... <laughs> well, plus like, you're allergic to cats, too. Yeah, no, but. yeah, but it wasn't about that. It was more about, like, I'm going to mess it up. Your cat's going to be dead when you get home. It's, I'm sorry. You shouldn't hire me. <laughs> you're like, heck, no, I got this now. Yeah, it's like... Well, we'll just see what happens, won't we? <laughs> I mean, what cat sitting's got to be easy compared to launching yourself into a new continent without knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah, I'm sure that had something to do with it. <laughs> but yeah, how about you? Um, I definitely sense the fearlessness. I don't, I don't think I think I was able to combat fear before the trip, but now I just have less less fear about trying new things as well especially when it comes to entire career paths bigger stuff it's like well i can always do that i mean look what i did with this trip i can always go back this isn't going to kill me Mm -hmm. but i think the biggest difference that i ran across in myself is just an enjoyment for of life that i never had before Mm -hmm. before i left I worked. I was just working really hard to try to achieve something that didn't, some unknown level of wealth, success, whatever you want to call it, significance. And I was burning myself out, and I don't think I was enjoying life as much as I should, which is now my priority. And it's a subtle yet extremely powerful change. That everything's great, and now the stuff that we're trying, we're we're trying with n- not anxiety, but smiles on our faces because it's just, wow, okay, this is new, this is fun, and this is for me. Right. Like everything directed we're doing, yeah, yeah, is directed by us and for a purpose beyond just burning out and working until we can't. There's some mm-hmm. level of self care in the stuff that we do now. Yeah, I agree with that. I wouldn't say that it eliminated all awful moments and gnashing of teeth and things because there's still that even with self-directed adventures yeah that might be be natural though (laughs) but at the end of the day you're right that that aspect of it really makes it a lot more palatable and motivating to achieve your goals yeah okay so i got a second part to that question oh boy is what is the biggest change that you've seen in me? Oh, boy. Mm. Um, I think since you've gotten home, you have sort of, I've seen you like go through phases of like when you first got home, you're still on this like gravy train, like I'm back from traveling, but I'm still kind of in this traveling mode. <laughs> Everything is going to be great. <laughs> And I was like, but we got rent to pay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you let me know that a couple of times. (laughs) And and then you sort of went the opposite end of that. Like, oh, now I'm back to being the real world and the adult. And I got to figure that out and got to figure it all out right now. And I think now you've sort of come to a balance of, of both of those extremes. You can still figure it out and still maintain and hold on to everything that I've learned and gained from that trip. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. Yeah. 
I did. I did. I went through pretty extremes. There, yeah, which is totally expected. Yeah. It, some pretty big ups and downs of, like, oh, life is so great. And then, oh, my God, reality. Ah. It's <laughs> and then back and forth, back and forth, back yeah. and forth. Yeah, I think I was really worried that you wouldn't want to come home. <laughs> so I was glad I check in every once in a while. So are you okay with being sedentary for a while? <laughs> you haven't bought your plane ticket yet? <laughs> You're not leaving me? <laughs> No, that's not the it's not the plan. I got this great apartment all nested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you nested pretty hard, and I'm loving it. I, I really appreciate the laundry machines as well. <laughs> For the listeners back home, he means washing machines. <laughs> uh, laundry machines is a perfectly acceptable way to say laundry machine. <laughs> <No>. Absolutely not. <laughs> You're just a weird Pittsburgh person. That's all. Sure. Okay. <laughs> My turn? Yeah. <laughs> trying to get a lighter one. This might be hard to think of on the spot, but I was trying to think about all the most surreal moments of the trip where you were just like, what is happening right now? And I can give you an example if you need time to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give you an okay. example. Yeah. <laughs> all right. My example is two parts <laughs> that happened over the span of two days. Part one was where we were in... Um, Georgia, I forget the city, but we were walking to find our train that we're going to need to take the next day. And on the way there, <laughs> we came across a watermelon truck and a man unfloating watermelons. And we awkwardly had to stand next to him in order to wait for the light to change so we could cross the street. And while we were doing that, the man just handed you a watermelon. <laughs> without trying to speak to us and we thought that he for sure wanted us to pay for the watermelon but he assured us through much miming and gesturing that no the watermelon was all ours to carry for the next three miles of our walk (laughs) that's right because we were so far away (laughs) so so that watermelon we became our little melly we we called him melly <laughs> and dragged them for those three miles. So we had to then carry around. Thank you, kind watermelon man. Um, but then the next day, with watermelon in hand, we get to the train platform and we like finally sorted out what train we needed to be on, which was a normal occurrence, a normal difficulty of trying to figure out what train we needed to be on and what platform. And everybody was so relaxed on the platform. And then as we could hear the train coming in the distance and we could see it coming, everybody that was relaxed a second before became like very anxious and started pushing towards the train. And as soon as the train like slowed down enough that they could do it, they tossed their bags in the windows presumably on top of the people who were inside the train. (laughs) And then ensued this like mass exodus of people coming off the train and then everybody pushing on the train and you and I were just standing in the background. What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) So naturally we got on dead last because we couldn't handle the chaos. And then there were no chairs left. Everybody had their bags on the seats, like they were saving seats and... And then finally, like, after walking through, like, three or four cars, then there was 
um, a kind woman who I made eye contact with, and she moved her bag so I could sit down. And then I think Amanda, Amanda for you, like adjacent. (laughs) Oh man! And then we just looked at each other. Oh boy! There's so many moments like that where it's just. What the hell is happening? Yeah, usually transportation related. Usually transportation related. <laughs> there, there was a... <laughs> I feel like every road in Southeast Asia was that for me. Speaking about transportation. Oh, and <laughs> one of my favorite moments, it wasn't... I don't think it was particularly us that was in it, but I got to see the fear of... Just the fear of God and another tourist <laughs> in, the, in Saigon. Um, so I got this known for their traffic, oh, yeah. how horrible their traffic is. Uh-huh. And there's just millions of motorbikes at all times. And what I like to call motorbike armies, they all amass at stoplights. And as soon as it turns green, this huge army rolls down the street. We and me and Jackie were walking down in Saigon and of course it's chaos and there's motorbikes going the wrong way and on sidewalks and just weaving in and out of each other in this crazy mass and dead in the middle of the entire mass were two white dudes on a scooter that were just in the wrong place. They, they looked <laughs> so, so scared. One, one guy was, the guy in the back was holding on for dear life. The other guy was shaking as like motorbikes were crossing so in and out pretty much over top, around, underneath, everywhere. And I, I couldn't even imagine being in that situation. No, don't do it. No if motorbikes in Southeast Asia. It's a it. terrible idea. But you're right. It usually was with transportation. Yeah, I was thinking about the mini buses in Georgia as well, where we got on a pretty full bus, and then it just kept getting fuller and fuller, where it felt like that parable of like you fill a container with rocks and then the teacher asks if it's full no but they put sand in it is it full no and he puts water in it like, like stools came out of nowhere and people were sitting on so strange i feel like that's a common scene throughout most of transportation in the world is let's see how many people we can pack in this oh, tiny vehicle yeah <laughs> yeah and it, yeah i just had to think about it is how absurd it was to keep you from going crazy mm-hmm. okay well i guess on that note too speaking of tons of people packed closely together <laughs> when do you think we were at our smelliest okay. <laughs> uh, um, okay so many times <laughs> um i remember actually reaching my limit in New Zealand and forcing you to stop somewhere where I could pay what I think I paid like four dollars or oh, eight dollars. I don't you, remember. You paid like eight bucks or yeah. something to take a shower. <laughs> to take a shower. Because we just didn't have an opportunity to shower. We were traveling around in our little minivan and we had a solar shower, but it was too cold out and it rained all the time. And I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> like I cannot we learned a lot about each other in the New Zealand minivan (laughs) yes I have a much lower tolerance (laughs) for smelliness (laughs) well I'm sure that there are other moments well yeah definitely Southeast Asia a lot of sweating Africa a lot of sweating yeah a lot of sweating all the time and when you only have three or four shirts (laughs) and three or four Pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets pretty ripe sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but it was so easy to dress. No decisions required. <laughs> it's which, which one smelled the least, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which one have I only worn three times? Gross. I'm so happy to have a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but there's a laundry slash washing machine in the same Yeah. And we room. have like our wardrobe full of clothes that fit. Yeah, like we have more than just what will fit in a suitcase. <sighs> a suitcase. Small yeah, a small backpack. backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other smellier moments? Well, I think I was pretty immune to it since I was usually the one stinking up the place. <laughs> so I remember really catching some some ripe smells after really long trips, uh, either on bus or train, especially, mm-hmm. where you know you get off, and it really wasn't you; it was me. And when I'm smelling myself <laughs> while bad. traveling, yeah, it's real bad. I was wondering why no one was standing next to me. Or sitting next to me. Which also, tactic. <laughs> don't want anyone to sit next to you on the bus. Don't wash your shirt for two weeks. <laughs> don't do that. That's not real advice. <laughs> okay. Um, I always like this question people would ask us when you're traveling. What had been our favorite moment or favorite moments of the trip? Oh, yeah. There are. It's really distilled down the moments. I think we get asked a lot about what's your favorite country, place, whatever. And I don't think that has anything to... It's just a harder question to ask. Especially when it's so based on experience. Mm -hmm. Whether you like a place, like a city, who you meet, Mm -hmm. what state you're in. Do you have clean clothes? That all comes into effect. Hence the amazing donuts in Vietnam. (laughs) Right, exactly. But moments-wise... There's tons of moments that are flooding back. I I think something that really hit me hard was, uh, in a good way, was seeing all the stars in New Zealand. Darkest Mm. sky I've ever seen in my entire life. Just the whole Milky Way. You see the Andromeda Galaxy. Every star in the sky you could see. Mm. That was really cool. You could just sit there and watch on a cloudless night. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first night we saw it, we, I think I woke up because I had to go to the bathroom, and then I made you get out and come, <laughs> come look at the sky because it was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I think nature had a lot of really big impacts for me. The safari in Botswana, mm-hmm. coming face-to-face with our first elephant, oh and he walked right by. Yeah. We didn't understand that we were about to see a thousand elephants, but that yeah. first one... Oh, it's terrifying, yeah. In in a good way. (laughs) That's that way about the giraffes. That just felt like being in Jurassic Park. Yeah. You don't really belong here, right? You're not a real thing. Yeah, that's not a real (laughs) animal, is it? (laughs) thing was massive. Massive. It only made me think how small I was. You know, it's just... If I was out there, I wouldn't survive. Plain and simple. Yeah. No animal. (laughs) That was a good trip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had a lot of nature moments. What about you? Um, well, I always go back to my standard of the cabaret in Thailand, <laughs> where there was a drag queen, a transgender performer, I'm not sure what the appropriate term is, but just slaying a Christina Aguilera song, and it like brought me to tears. <laughs> you were You were crying. <laughs> so excited about it oh man that was uh rambar in chiang mai thailand yeah if you go there 
Check it out. Ooh, yeah. Shout out to Rambar in Chiang Mai. Yeah. Um, some of the hikes we went on. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the nature-based stuff was really, really great. Searching for waterfalls and, you know, checking out caves in Vietnam. Even camping in Cyprus. Yeah, that was really... Climbing Table Mountain, almost literally. I think those were probably the most memorable. It was always fun to like go explore a city and check out what restaurants and stuff there were, but something a little bit special about seeing the, the God-made stuff over the man-made stuff. Yeah, the beaches of Crete and Greece and mm. Australia and all of the other one. I mean, it's too many to count. The Alps of Europe, yeah. the Caucasus Mountains of Georgia. Yeah, having a kangaroo run across my path while I was out for a jog one morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, really, un- right. really unexpected and wonderful. Cliff jumping in Yamba. <laughs> that was more my thing, I guess. <laughs> it's weird to think about it as a whole, as one big massive trip, because there were so many tiny pieces that made it up. Yeah. It's almost unfathomable to think it as a one thing. Yeah, I agree with that. So I think that might be a good amount of time to start wrapping it up. Okay. With that, I have one more question. I have one more question. You have one more question? <laughs> I'll let you go first. I go first. So if you, I guess looking back and maybe looking back at your um, this, yourself before going on this trip or maybe even anyone just listening right now that wants to attempt something similar or something just as big, it doesn't have to be travel, it doesn't have to be anything close to travel. What would you say to them to help them in their journey? Yeah, I think I had a lot of worries I mean, it was so easy to say, yes, I'll come travel with you because I'm so in love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the execution of that decision was a lot harder just because then all the worries flood in about, you know, the what ifs. So what if somebody won't hire me when I get back because there's a big gap in my resume? I think I had a lot of concerns. Well, endless amount of worries. Yeah. yeah. You know, is this a smart financial decision at this point in my life? Those kind of things. And I think the answer is that you just have to try it <laughs> and then find out. And and it'll be okay. Even if it's not okay, you'll learn and adapt and fix it. Like, because you'll have to. Mm-hmm. There were no dire consequences, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I like that. You're not going to die as long as you're breathing. It'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) At least that was my philosophy anyway. Yeah. You usually figure it out. Yeah. I guess you just have to, it sounds so cliche to take a leap of faith, but really just just doing one little step at a time to see how it feels. And you can always change your direction. You know, you can always get information based on your inputs and make a better decision but if you're not making any movements at all you'll never know exactly yeah are you ready for my question i'm ready for your question. Final question what unexpected gifts lessons or outcomes came from the trip now that you're three months out oh my goodness unexpected just everything <laughs> i don't know i don't know how else to describe it i feel completely different i feel more solid i feel fearless like i said before 
but also realistic, which I guess was unexpected. Mm -hmm. I, I think I look at situations and how things are going much more realistically because we had to for a long time, otherwise we're on the street. Yeah. I, I feel more in tune with myself and what I'm capable of and what I want, which is a really wonderful gift to have. Not one that we can all be afforded. Yeah, I definitely didn't have it before. It took a lot of struggle through 44 countries <laughs> to get there. But I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad I did it. Awesome, baby. Awesome. We did it. We did it. Have a good game. And, th and thanks for, <laughs> for everyone listening right now and that have listened through all of the podcast and all of the trip. It really means a lot to both of us that you kept tabs of us during our journeys. This is not a goodbye. I hopefully will continue this at some point once the trip starts rolling around and things start moving once again. But once again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Oyster World Radio. And we will talk again soon. Yup. Yup. Bye. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Oyster World Radio. Thanks again to all of you for keeping up with Jackie and I while we wandered our way across the world and back again. It meant so much for us to have your support. And I hope you enjoyed the stories as much as I enjoyed bringing them to you. If you'd like to see more highlights from the Big Sabbatical, check out our pictures on Instagram at Nathan.Wanders and at Gish Outta Water and the blog by Jackie at GishOutOfWater.com. Check out the links in the show description for more information. One more special thanks to Charlie Milliken for all of the Oyster Jams. Check him out on Spotify or at CharlieMilliken.com. That's M-I-L-L-I-K-I-N. Thanks again for all of your support on Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash Oyster World Radio. I'm going to leave that side up. So for only $5 a month, you can get all of the behind the scenes, fuel my future travel projects, and grab some unique travel tips that I've been collecting over the last two years. Once again, all the links can be found in the show description. Thanks again for tuning into Oyster World Radio. This has been one hell of a ride. I'm not sure when I'll be back, but until then, this is Nathan Lieberman, signing off. I can't take control of my life If I'm too busy looking at the stars And thinking about all time that's gone by It's time for a change in my day-to-day scene Time to turn around from that clock Face the mirror and change me Oh,